Welcome to Roar. My name is Sam Spellman. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the conversation. Um, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for checking out the show, checking out the conversation, podcast, show, conversation, podcast, show, convert. It's all of them. It's it's all of them. Teaching, you know, um, these, these conversations, these podcasts are inevitably just some time to dig into the Word of God. Think of it like a little Bible study. Um, really want to just spend time reading the word and letting it just kind of illuminate and reveal to us who our amazing redeemer is. Roar stands for revealing our amazing redeemer. So that's what I endeavor to to work with and to do in these conversations is just to dig into the word a little bit, um, maybe bring up something that 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 you haven't seen because the Lord uses people, God uses people and, and different people obviously have different experiences and practices and understanding. Um, and so out of those things, sometimes it can spark our own conversation. You know, I know it's always encouraging whenever I see someone who is really, really um, deep and intimate in their conversation with God and their, their relationship is so pure. And it's like, it's way, it feels like it's way further along almost. It's like, man, they like, they really like, I believe I know God, but man, they really know God. That always encourages me and just makes me want to, you know, dig into some things even more. And that's kind of what I really endeavor to do in these shows. I want to encourage you guys just to dig in more, take more time um, in the Lord and, and invest it. It's worth the investment. He invested a lot into you. We can invest the time back into him. So Today, just jumping right in, um, real quick, actually, hold on, hit the rewind button. Just imagine that was a rewind. Um, If you do want to get in touch with me or have any questions about the podcast or the show, myself, my family, our ministry, anything of those regards, please check out the description of the podcast and uh, get in touch with us those different ways. There's um, email, there's website. There's social media, all that stuff should be in the description. So find the links, uh, copy them, or just follow them and uh, get in touch with us those ways. I always like to make that available so that way it is not forgotten. Um, I want everyone to be able to know that. Um, Yeah, should be good. I think I said enough ums. Let's get right into it. Galatians chapter 6 says this, verse 1. This is what I'm going to read here. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression... You who are spiritual should restore him or her in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Starting with that, that right there is a heart change from positional to relational. And what I mean by that is this. There's something that the Lord has been kind of working in our family's life and just Bringing it out more so because especially in Western um, America, I just believe it's it's um, something I noticed a lot more. And the thing that I noticed a lot more is this. There's a positional leadership more than there's a relational leadership. And to define that, positional is like, I'm the boss, you're the employee. You don't have to know the boss to follow the boss's rules. You don't have any relationship with them other than just when you clock in, you clock out, or you get in trouble. That's that's the only 
real interaction you're having with the boss, depending on the job, of course. But for the mo- for the main point that I'm making, that's kind of the very minimal interaction, very minimal relationship. Yet there are things that are expected as if that person had been your best friend forever. You know, there's sacrifice that's required, the things that's required, things that are required for the company or the, the institution or wherever you're working. That's different than relational leadership, which you might find a lot more in the trades because, you know, if you're like an apprentice, you're going to be sitting or student teaching. That's more relational because you're in the classroom with the teacher. You're learning that every single day rhythm, how the teacher sets up their classroom, how the teacher, you know, creates their lessons for the day, how the teacher, you know, what they say, their mannerisms, how they flow every single class, how they handle different, you know, whether there's real loud, rambunctious kids or real quiet ones, how they handle each to bring the best out of the children um, and help them learn. You know, that's more relational. You're every single day living with that person. And to take that a step further, that would even be going home with that person, sharing, you know, being their roommate, you know, sharing meals with them. I mean, all of that stuff, that's relational. And that's how the disciples actually caught a lot from Jesus, because there was times of teaching with mass people, but the disciples had something special. They had a relationship with the master. They had a relationship with Jesus personally. And that relationship meant whether they were eating, whether they were bunking together, whether they were traveling, you know, travel days, whether they're in a car, you know, on a road trip or, you know what, they were always together with him for that dispensation for those, those years. So that's relational leadership versus positional. However, in relational leadership, there is still position. There is still a very clear cut flow of authority. But when you add that relationship element, it, it, it like amplifies what would already be there if it was just strictly positional. It's like positional is like just the skeleton, but you need some meat on them bones. You need, you need something to work with. And that's where the relationship comes into play. So a relationship would institute this because if, if you just, for example, this verse one, brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual, right? Those who are leaders, should restore that person in a spirit of gentleness and keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. That's totally different than, you know, you just kick them out and, you know, just deal with them. Okay, that's that's positional. Did they keep their position? Well, no, they fell. They obviously, there was a transgression. They, they made a mistake. Well, just fire them. Just get rid of them. Replace them. That's positional. Now, relational is this right here. Work to restore that person. You've made an investment. In that person with the training, with the time, don't just throw it out and replace it like the West, you know, Western thinking is, but actually go back and reinvest and restore that person in humility. Because at one point you were at the bottom, you know, just like they were, right? You were, you were in that place of immaturity. You were in that place of not knowing, but because of the hands that lifted and elevated you up, whether it be the hand of the Lord hand of different um, ministers in your life, prophets, the gifts of the spirit, um, business people. I mean, whatever the the hand up was, that's how a kingdom works. It works through, um, through, through a flow of relationship. It's not, and then that position works best when the relationship's there. It can function without relationship, but when there's no relationship, it is a hotbed for division, for offense, for bitterness. So this reaction here in teaching the Galatians 
And this is just on the tail of talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Literally, the very end of chapter 5 of Galatians is talking about love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, um, long-suffering, like all of that stuff. That's what's being talked about. And right on the heels of that is now this restoration. See, once we become spiritual and we have the fruit of the Spirit, our motivation should then be, how can restoration work in this situation? How can this person be redeemed to a place of 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 um, valor, of honor once again? What what can we do to work out this sin, this transgression, this issue, these habits? What can we do to do that so that way that person can be standing in that place of of innocence that Christ purchased on the cross? How can we help them gain the right life skills to handle this? What And doing it in a place of humility and gentleness because humility, because only with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of God can any of us stand. The Bible talks about God is able to make, it's like Romans, I think it's Romans 14, talks about um, to his own master, um, a servant stands or falls and God is able to make him stand. And um, that's very rough paraphrase, but to the effect of, God is the one who is over all of us. Jesus is the King of kings, Lord of lords. And to him we stand or fall. And he chose to lay his life down so we could stand. So let's not come at our relationships any other way than that. Let's come at it from that pure place that Christ lived in. Let's also choose to follow in that way. He said, follow me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, life happens this way. The truth is restoration was God's goal from the beginning of time. It says this, verse 2, bear one another's burdens, words, come alongside one another, and so fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, what's required from Christ? Verse 3, for if anyone thinks he is something, or he's, you know, earned it, or, or something of himself, when he is in fact nothing, he deceives himself. Verse 4, but let each one individually test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. In other words, there's a responsibility that each of us have. You know, God did not give us the Holy Spirit just so we could police everybody else. God gave us the Holy Spirit so that we, when convicted, have grace to change and turn. The Holy Spirit is for our heart. Bring it back to a 180 and first deal with the, the, the tree that's in your own eye before you pluck the speck out of your neighbor's eye. That's what Jesus said. He said, be careful. It's very easy to see, man, you got a little splinter in your eye. It's a, you got a little, you need to deal with that. And yet all the while we are so blinded by our own arrogance and pride that we have a huge log of things that we need to deal with in our own vision and our own perspective and we're just clunking around, and yet we're going to try to fix the world and police the world. Well, you shouldn't have done that to me. You should never. If you understood who I was and what was in my life, my anointing, you would have never treated me that way. Well, that may very well be the truth. But with that tone and that attitude, what are you conveying to a person? What are you? How are you restoring that person? Or are you just putting them down because you got mistreated? You know, and, and it doesn't have to be ministry. It couldn't be, you know, obviously there's a lot of things with giftings, anointings, that there's huge opportunity for pride to slip in there, as just previously mentioned. But maybe it's, you know, you've spent so many years in a certain position in the workforce, in business. You know, I've got my doctorate degree. 
How I worked hours, went to school for years, and you're going to disrespect me and treat me like that, like I don't know what I'm doing? That's another ins- institution or a, a way of, of that being brought up. Maybe it's through years of expertise. Maybe it's through years of experience. Maybe there's something that we've walked through. And it doesn't mean that what we have isn't valid. It just means where is our heart at? You know, it's not just the issue. It's where is your heart at? You know, Jesus in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, throughout those three chapters, there's this breakdown of teaching. And there's a, there's a, a thread where he says, you've heard it said, but I say to you. You've heard it said, but I say to you. In other words, you've heard it in the law, but I'm saying this about it. And in every single one of those instances, it was taken from just a natural physical issue to a heart issue. You know, like for instance, he said, you heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I say to you, he who lusts in his heart after a woman commits adultery in his heart. In other words, there's this shift where it's no longer just the outer working of don't do the wrong thing. It's where's your heart at and why you're doing that thing. It's now come a step further because with the Holy Spirit, he can address stuff in the heart of man. He can work with the word of God. That's why it's important we have a foundation of scripture. We know it. It's revealed to us. It is so written on the tablets of our heart that that is then uh, a tool that the Holy Spirit can then use in instances and situations when pressure's coming in our life, when there's something going on, when someone treats us wrong. You know, there is a, a wellspring of, of truth to work with to help mold our heart back to that place of how Christ lived. Again, the whole pretense of this scripture where it talks about restoring one another, you who are spiritual, Galatians chapter 6. The whole run-up is Galatians chapter 5. And the very end of that is the fruit of the Spirit. Those things are what's being molded in you. So that way, when you become mature in love and patience and kindness and self-control and gentleness, right? Whenever those things become, you know, fruit in your life that people can see and can notice and can taste of when they're around you, then you become this place where you are spiritual and you then restore other people in that same spirit of gentleness and you help them cultivate in their own life that same fruit, you know, through the word of God, through fasting, through prayer, through time spent together, a discussion through with peers and with other believers, with the fellowshipping of the saints, right? Verse six, continuing on, let the one who is taught in the word share all good things with the one who teaches, So even there, do not be deceived. Verse seven, God is not mocked for whatever one sows that will he also reap. So that right there, even in that place when maybe you've been teaching for years, doesn't mean we cut off our ears for those who are coming into the faith that maybe have only walked with the Lord for only a year and a half. There are things that God can choose to reveal to the babes. And yet those things can be so profound and simple and foundational that they might even upend a whole 10 years of study in our lives. We got to keep that humility about ourselves because it is only by the the goodness of God and the, the direction of God that any of us have evaded and, 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 and not been destroyed in our own wicked ways. There's hope, there's faith, there's trust in God. And there's humility. Humility, I've heard it said this before, humility is your protection from deception. If we want to stay on the the path, the way of God, the, the way that leads unto salvation, the way that Jesus said when he said, follow me, keeping that humility is absolutely vital. And it's possible. 
It's it, there's a there's a way to do it, and it's a it's a way of trust. It's a way of humility. It's a way of keeping the word in our in our heart. And there's also the way of always having that visual that no matter what, redemption. Let's seek redemption in this situation. Let's restore these people. Let's bring them back to a place. Let's work in gentleness and humility to restore those around us because God did the same thing when he sent his son in gentleness, not to condemn the world, but to save it. Let us follow this this same path and uh, let it cultivate things in our own lives each and every day. So that is the podcast for today. That is all that I really had on my heart. Thank you so much for listening again to the podcast Um, really appreciate everyone who listens again, check the description of the podcast. If you feel the review or excuse me, if you feel the review, if you feel the need to leave a review, that is always much appreciated. That does help the podcast grow and expand. Um, if it blesses you share it, word of mouth is always a great way to get the word out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, continue in this, just read the, I hope this sparked your devotional time. There, you want to just dig into the word and spend some time with God and and grow in these things. Restore your family, restore your friends, restore the people that you work with. Work to always see redemption and those around you and let the Holy Spirit breathe on that and help you with that. Give you unction. Like Jesus said, whenever you stand before authorities, right? Whenever Jesus is standing before Pilate and he's asking, you know, are you a king? And Jesus says, you know, that the Holy Spirit will give you utterance when you need. So trust the Holy Spirit. Trust the word of God that's in your heart, that's written on the stone of your heart. And if it's not written, maybe take some time and let, let's let the Holy Spirit chisel in some truth and just establish it in your heart, in your soul, and in your spirit. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you guys next time on Roar. Again, this is super fun. And uh, I just I, it's, it blows me away that I get the opportunity to do this. So thank you for listening. See you next time.